Um, I want to talk, in the time we have this morning, I want to talk a little bit about um, the season that we're in very briefly, but I want to share with you from two divine encounters I've recently had for this season. And, you know, we've talked a lot about how we're in a season of warfare and we're a season of taking the territory. But part of what that means is we're in a season where God is inviting us to partner with him and believe for the impossible. I don't know about you. I'm, 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 I'm actually, I think I do know about you because it's the season that we're in. For me, God has been inviting me in my morning prayer times to believe for some ridiculous things, like impossible things like ridiculously impossible things. And I'm sitting with him and I'm thinking about them and, I'm, and he's showing me things and I'm like, oh, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And there's so much faith in the moment. But do you know that sometimes when God calls you to believe for the impossible, it's super exciting, right? But it can also be a little challenging. Maybe not for you. You're probably all much better, much more seasoned and mature Christians and believers and birthers than I am. I've only been at this for 21 years. I've got a lot to learn. But for me, it's so exciting. But it also can be very, very challenging. And recently, I've had these two divine encounters that, um, and you know me, I have the duh anointing. So I'm going to share them with you, and you may even go, well, that doesn't seem that profound. But for me, they were immensely profound. They were incredibly simple, but deeply profound because there was insight, there was revelation, and there was impartation on how we partner with God to see the impossible, especially when the impossible seems, in some days the impossible doesn't seem that impossible, right? And then there's days the impossible just seems really impossible but these two encounters have meant so much to me one just happened in the last week and I'm going to share with you a little a little scripture because it's always good to write everything in scripture and then I want to share these two encounters and impart to you from them so um, we all know in uh, Luke 18 there's a story of the rich young ruler that comes to Jesus and he wants to, um, says, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus walks him through. He's like, I'm doing all that. And he says, well, then give up all your money and, um, um, and come and follow me. And he kind of walks away like, um, what's the Charlie Brown character? He's always looking at the ground when he walks. I have that picture. Who is it? Is it Charlie Brown? Oh, okay. All right. So, so Char he just has that. I just see the rich young ruler like doing the Charlie Brown walk like, oh. Oh. And then that's when Jesus says it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to inherit the kingdom of God. And the disciples say, well, then who can be saved? And this is Jesus' answer in Luke 18, 27. He said, the things which are, which are impossible with men are possible with God. Now, what's important to remember in the context of this is what he's talking about. He's not only talking about, because people will read this scripture and think, oh, Jesus said that the rich can't be saved or it's bad to be rich. No, he's talking about idols in our life. It can be anything. But what he's really talking about is what I have prepared for any and all of you is impossible for you to do on your own. But what's impossible with man is possible with God. And notice he doesn't say, and this often gets misquoted, often we'll hear what's impossible for man is possible for God. 
He's not saying possible for God. He's saying it's possible for you with God. And we'll think, oh, that's impossible for me to do. Right. That's the whole point of this scripture. It's impossible for us to save ourselves. It's impossible for us to get free of our idols ourselves. But we don't have to. It's impossible for us to have our impossible marriages restored. But we don't have to do it on our own. It's possible not only for God, but it's possible for us with God. So do me a favor and post in the chat room, but here, just give me a show of hands. Who has recently, and by recently, let's say this year, the beginning of last year into this year, felt like God is giving you a hope or a faith or a joy for something impossible? And it may be something that's impossible because it's way too big for you to figure it out. Or it may be impossible because it's been so dark, so damaged, so dire for so long. You think, yeah, God, I know you're trying to get me to dream about that, but it's just, I I can't even get my head around it. It's impossible. Anybody in either of those? All right, so we've got quite a few people who are partnering with God for the impossible. This is awesome. I'm with the right group of people. So what God is saying is in Luke 18, 27, is with God, anyone can be saved, any darkness can be shattered, any relationship can be repaired, anyone can be set free, any idol can be torn down, any God dream can come to pass, and it can happen for anyone at any time, and we can even believe for entire nations to see the impossible. Anybody believe that our nation can truly become one nation under God, indivisible from him, with liberty and justice for all, all races, all social situations, all economic groups, all political parties, that we can truly be one nation under God, indivisible from him, with truth and liberty and justice for all. Anybody believe we can solve our immigration issues? We can solve our economic issues? I mean, I I can't even. I I did uh, micro and macroeconomics. I studied them at university. I was actually pretty good at it. I found it fascinating. So I, I say that. I'm no, no expert in economic theory. But I have a basic understanding of macro and microeconomic theory. I can't get my head around trillions and trillions of dollars of debt. But you know what? Anything is possible with God. And I don't know if that means we go back on a gold standard. I don't know if that means we embrace cryptocurrency. I don't know if that means we decide that we're going to get a Congress that decides the way we're going to solve this is we're going to institute the law of sowing and reaping as on a national. I have no idea. But what I know is what's impossible for men, and we've proved it, is possible with God. That is what he's getting at in Luke 18, 27. It's not only about salvation. He's saying anything that looks and feels as impossible as a camel passing through the eye of a needle. I've only seen a handful of camels in my life. I've ridden one once. Didn't enjoy it. But it was a good experience. I liked the experience, but it wasn't something I thought, I want to do that again. But they're big. I mean, duh, anointing in operation right now. They're huge animals. The eye of a needle is tiny. 
He's giving this great example of, I want to tell you things that are really, 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 really impossible with man or camels or needles is possible with God. God has been inviting us, and I know he's been inviting me, to believe with him for some really impossible things, like impossible financial goals for being a benefactor and sowing into kingdom works around the globe, impossible dreams in regards to land and buildings for our family of ministries and other ministries that I'm in relationship with, just like these ridiculous dreams. And when I'm in the midst of it with him, I can see it. I can feel it. I am yesing it. I am amening it. I am chuckling at it because it's so real. And there's all this faith and there's all this joy. And then I feel like Peter, you know, where Jesus beckons me in my prayer time. Come and step out on the waters of the impossible with me. And I'm like, yeah. I've got that headstrong anointing. I'm like, Peter, I'm the first one out of the boat. I'm also often the first one sinking up to his chest, but I'm quick out of the boat. And one morning, we were dreaming these ridiculous dreams, and they were so real. And they weren't just dreams. They were like promises of potential, right? And they were so real, and we were walking around in the midst of them. That's the best way I can describe it. He wasn't just letting me see these things. He was letting me feel them. He was letting me inhabit them in the spirit, so I was getting used to navigating this expanded realm of possibility. And I was walking on the water, the impossible with him. And then all of a sudden, my brain kicked in. And I started to sink. And he was so good, he caught me. And I'm sitting in my prayer chair, and it's hard to describe. And the word I'm about to use is a really bad word to use, but I can't think of a different one. It was like the spell broke, and it's not a spell. But it was like in, in the thrall of everything being possible with him. It was all real. I was in it. I was experiencing it. I was feeling it. He was letting me inhabit it. And then my brain kicked in, and it was like the dream slipped through my fingers quicker than sand through an open hand. And he asked me this question. He said, what happened? And he wasn't mad. He was mentoring, discipling, rabbiing, teaching. He's so good at that, counseling. And I remember sitting in my prayer chair and thinking, what did happen? It was so vivid and real and tangible, and then it wasn't. And I thought, God, you know what happened? I can see the promise. I can see it's real. I can see you in it with me. I can see me in it with you. But then I started to think, how the heck do I get there? I have no idea how to get from here to there. Because some of these things are, I've been in full-time ministry for 20 years. And I've lived one of the best and blessed, most blessed lives in ministry of anyone ever. I'm so grateful for all I've been able to do with God. And I'm so satisfied. I need nothing more. I need nothing more than him. I need nothing more in ministry. I have, I have a wonderful wife. I have a wonderful family. I have the most wonderful church and ministry family in the whole wide world. Believe me, I've been all over the world. I am so satisfied and grateful. So I'm even like, God, why are we going after these impossible things? And, and I'm sure he's whispering these types of things to you too, and you know why. It's because he needs champions in the earth to take territory. 
And if you steward a little, you're blessed with more. And I get all that, and I believe all that, but this is like, a, this is not just addition. This is not just multiplication. This is not just geometric progression. This is like time travel. You know, okay, how do I invent time travel by next week? It's that kind of thing to me. That's how it feels. And so I said, Lord, I, I, I see it all. I feel it all. I know it all. I, I, I agree with you for it all. But I have no idea how to get there. And he actually, often he'll counsel or comfort or give me wisdom in those moments. He actually let me sit with that. Not, not like he's withdrawing from me. I could feel his presence, but there was no answer. And that was okay. I think he wanted me to stew in a good way on the truth that what I couldn't see is how I could get there. So the next day in prayer, he takes me to what is probably, you're already way ahead of me. He takes me to John 14, where, let me read this to you. In John 14, verses 3 through 5, he's talking to the disciples, which obviously includes us. I go and prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And then Thomas, or you could put Robert here, said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? And I thought, God, that's it. You were showing me the place you're preparing for us, the place you have for us, the place you're leading us, the place we get to partner with you in establishing in the spirit and in the natural. But then all of a sudden my head kicked in and thought, I have no idea how to get there. I don't know the way to what you're preparing for me. And he said to me in that moment exactly what he said to Thomas, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And I want to try to unpack for you in this little bit of time we have what the profound depth of that meant to me and give it as an impartation to you who are believing for the impossible, whether it's impossible dreams, impossible goals, or impossible turnarounds in impossible situations. I have read and heard and even decreed and declared that he is the way, the truth, and the life for 21 years. I know that scripture. I have a basic understanding of it, and I've always seen these things. Is I know you're the way. You're the way to the Father. There's only one way to the Father. It's you. I know you're the truth. Every word you speak is spirit and truth. And I know you're the life. You've given me eternal life. I know that. I've known those three things as absolute certain truths for me ever since I said yes to him 21 years ago. But in this moment, of him teaching us how to partner with him to see the impossible made possible. I realize these are not just three distinct things. They are. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. But in this moment, he showed me this weaving together of how all three of those are truths and promises, but they're also the process into those truths and promises. That it's not just three distinct things, it's, three, it, it's the path. It's, it's, he was showing me, the best way I can describe this, and it's ridiculous that I use this example, because I know nothing about quantum physics. Nothing. However, the one thing I know, and I want to be very clear, because this is all I know about quantum physics, and I may not even got this, get this right, but in quantum theory, I think, 
The basics of quantum theory is that matter is not just a wave or a particle, which I think was a debate. In quantum theory, matter is a wave and a particle. So my interpretation of that is, in quantum theory, matter exists and is existing. So that's already going past my ability. I need my wife here. She's the science brain. But this is what it means to me. Forget quantum physics. Let's talk Jesus reality. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. It's the promise and the process of the promise. So I am the way. He's saying I am the way. The way to the Father, absolutely he's the way to the Father. But he's also the way to the restored marriage. He's also the way to the restored finances. He's also the way to the buildings and properties and benefactor anointings and all these things that we're dreaming about. He is the way to those things. And what's important is when you think, there's no way. He is the way. And I realized that was what hit me the morning in my prayer chair when I started to sink. I'm walking on the waters of the impossible. I'm inhabiting this realm of the expanded reality of what he can do for us. I'm walking around in the impossible going, yeah, I see it. I see you in it. I see me in it. I see us in it. Yeah. But then what kicked into my brain was, there's no I've not seen one one hundredth, one one thousandth of that in 20 years of ministry. There's no way. Well, Jesus is the way. Jesus is not just the promise. He's every promise. He's every yes and amen. He's every spiritual blessing in heavenly places is ours in Christ Jesus. But what about those ones that it feels like it's impossible that we'll see? There's no way. Jesus is the way. For years, you know me. My go-to theological positioning when I don't get what's, under, what's going on, I always say when I don't know what he's doing, I focus on what he's like. What does that mean? When there's no way, I realize he is the way. He's not only the promise. He's not only the yes and the amen. He's the way to the yes and amen. So embracing him is not only embracing salvation, it's the way to everything in the salvation. Embracing him is embracing the one who says, hey, I wrote an entire Old Testament to show you you can't do any of this stuff for yourself. And then I wrote an entire New Testament and lived it out for you to show you you don't have to. I'm the way. Let me, let me, let me. Let me paraphrase. Let me give you way beyond the cliff notes. Let me give you the Robert notes of the Old Testament. There's no way. Let me give you the, cliff, the Robert notes of the New Testament. Jesus is the way. He is the way. He's the particle and the wave. He's the process, the promise and the process into the promise. But wait, there's more. He's not just the way. He's the truth. And that means he's true. That means he's trustworthy. But it also means that he is the way we stay on the way and with the way. His truth. How do I believe there's a way when there's no way so that I can stay on the way and with the way? Well, I remember that he's truth. That he's trustworthy. 
that if he said it, I can believe it. If he said, I am preparing a place for you and I will come back and I will get you and bring you to where I am. Eternal life, absolutely. But what about that restored marriage that he's preparing for you? What about those restored finances? Those brought home prodigals? Those impossible dreams? Those are rooms in his father's house that he's preparing for us as well. And he's going to come and bring us into it. How can we trust it? Because he's the way. When we're on the way and every once in a while it looks like there's no way, how do we remember that he is the way? We remember that he's the truth. And then the truth keeps us with the way, which keeps us on the way. So he's the way and the truth, but wait, there's more. He's not just the way and the truth. He's the life. And this is what undid me. I know he's the life. I know he's the resurrection life. I know he's my eternal life. But what he made manifest to me in this moment is when I'm willing to be on the way with the way, and trust in the truth of the promises and the ability of the way. So the truth keeps me on the way with the way, which brings me into the promise. Well, then he brings the promise to life. He's not only eternal life. He's not only resurrection life. Everything has been brought into existence by him, through him, for him. And that's part of his promise when he's showing us the impossible things he's revealing to us to bring us into that he, all we have to do is be willing to be on the way with the way and then let him minister his truth to us when we think there's no way and he reminds us I am the way so that we stay on the way with the way in the truth and then he will bring the impossible to life because he doesn't say if you're on the way with the way in the truth I will show you how to bring this to life. He says no I'm the way I'm the truth and I'm the life. That's why everything that's impossible with man is possible with God because he's the way He's the truth. And when we're willing to let him bring us back to that again and again, he's the one who brings the impossible to life. We don't have to figure it out. We don't have to know how to get there. We simply need to know him. And then all of a sudden I thought, wait, Lord, at the end of last year, you gave us this word about fear not, only believe. That when we get knocked down, if we'll let you lift us up, if you'll let you minister to us and you will let you carry us one more step, one more step, one more step, you'll bring us home into a promise and a manifestation that's even greater than what we showed up for when we got knocked down. And Aurelius, wait, that's the promise that he is the way, the truth, and the life. So I hope you're getting something from this because all of a sudden I'm sitting in my prayer chair and I want to tell you, this was last week. The last two mornings, I sit in my prayer chair, and I feel like I'm banging my head against a brick wall in the spirit. Whereas all of January was marked by this joy and this grace and this ease for the ridiculous, the impossible, the yes, the amen. And now that I know it's there, God is blessing me with feeling like, this isn't true, feeling like, oh, there's a brick wall in the spirit. I have to break through with my head, and I have to pray better prayers and more focused prayers. My, no. Right now, it feels like there's no way Jesus is the way. And he's the truth. 
and the life. And in every situation that we're believing for that looks impossible or has been impossible, there will be times when we think, yeah. And there will be times we think, well, I was believing for a while, but it got worse. There's no way. Well, Jesus is the way. But remember, he's more than that. He's the way and the truth. And then when we're willing to simply say yes to those two things, he will bring it all to life. And I'm grateful that things feel more impossible than they did a month ago. Because I get to double down. They're not more impossible. I'm grateful that I've been blessed to feel like they are. I don't like the feeling, but I see the opportunity where I get to now sit and say, Jesus, it looks and feels like there's no way. Thank you for the promise. Thank you for the month of grace-filled, joy-filled dreaming. That was great. But obviously, reality has clamped down hard. No, you are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. Because what happens when we choose to believe eternal truth in the face of temporary circumstances? The substance of our faith works to establish in this realm what's already ours in the eternal realm. We've talked about that so many times over the years. It's, 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 it's the main way we operate as dominion stewards here on earth. And what that means is we trust that when there's no way, he is the way. We trust that when we don't See, any? how could this possibly, well, the truth is, he's the way. So the way is the truth, and the truth keeps us on the way with the way. And then if we do that, we trust that he will bring it to life. And then we get to simply sit back and say, God of the impossible, this is the key. You're the way, the truth, and the life. But here, let me quickly, in the few minutes we have left here, let me go to the other encounter I had that's helping with all of this. So, one of the other great things about our amazing God is even when he gives us something like this, like from me, I, you know me, I'm an unto guy, I'm a why guy, I like a blueprint, I like a battle plan, I like a strategy. So I'm grateful that he's shown me the promise and the process is all the same thing. It's knowing he's the way, the truth, and he'll bring it all to life. However, I also know that God is so amazing, even when he gives us something like that, his promise to us is, even in that, let's see if I can erase, nope, okay. You didn't realize, but I was having a race with the microphone, not rolling off the table. Thank you, Dustin. So even in that, now that I have this tool, this roadmap, this battle plan, even in that, his promise to me is, well, it's not by your might, it's not by your power, it's by my Holy Spirit. I don't even have to muster all this up. And I had this amazing encounter, and again, very simple, but for me, profound encounter with the Holy Spirit recently, where I was sitting in my prayer chair, and the Lord simply invited me to ask for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I thought, okay. And as I was sitting there, and I'm receiving this fresh filling, it came in four distinct waves. And it came in four distinct aspects. I guess that's the best word I can think of or manifestations that we know of the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, we, we talk of the Holy Spirit as he comes as a fire. We talk as he comes as a mighty wind. We, he comes as an oil. He comes as the wine. And I had a distinct encounter with each aspect of the Holy Spirit, but he showed me along the way the purpose of it. And I want to share this with you, and then I'm going to release this to you. 
So the first thing that happened is he came as the wine. And most of you who know me know it's been a long time. I'm a very mature drunk in the Holy Ghost. It takes a lot to get me lit. I haven't been rolling around drunk in the Holy Ghost in a really long time. I'm not against it. I believe in it. It's scriptural. I have no problem with it. I just don't tend to be the one rolling around laughing, giggling, and getting drunk in the Holy Ghost. So he came as the wine, and I could smell the wine. I could kind of taste the wine. And I'm in my prayer chair thinking, are you trying to get me drunk, God? What's going on? But he started to say, no, receive my wine, receive my wine, receive my wine. Let me baptize you, marinate you, soak you, saturate you in my wine. I'm like, okay, let's go for it. He said, because even as in the natural, there's a lesser and twisted perversion version of this. When you are marinated in my wine, your inhibitions go. Your hesitations go. It's easier to do the ridiculous. It's easier to believe the ridiculous. Let me marinate you in, your wine, in my wine so that it's easier for you to let any fear, any doubt, any inhibition, any hesitation be removed. And, as, and I didn't get like noticeably drunk, but what I noticed was it was so easy to be like, yeah, let's believe for something else impossible. Yeah, let's all hesitation went. And then as he was soaking me in the wine, he said, all right, now receive my oil. And I thought, okay, and it was the same thing. I'm doing this by faith. I receive your oil. You're soaking me in your oil. You're marinating me in, my, in your oil. This is awesome, God, thank you. And he said, yes, as you receive my oil, it's like you're being oiled. It's gonna become easier to move with me quickly and to flow with me gracefully and full of gracefully. I was like, oh, I like this, Lord. He's like, yeah, now that the hesitation's gone, now that the inhibition's gone, I'm soaking you in my oil so you'll be quick to move with me and flow with me, and it'll be easy to flow. And I'm like, I like this, God. And he said, now that you've been soaked in wine and soaked in oil, you are very combustible, and I'm going to bring my fire. And I was like, yeah, bring it on, God. And I'm calling the fire of God a baptism of fire. And he's showing me I'm going to help you burn hotter and brighter than you've ever burned before. You'll burn with more faith than you've ever burned before. You'll burn with more hope and zeal and expectation and, and with more of me than ever before. And you will burn hotter and brighter and be seen further than you've ever seen, been seen before, because there's certain promises about media and some other things he's giving us. And I was like, oh, part of that is just letting him ignite me to burn hotter and brighter. And when I've been soaked in the wine that takes the inhibitions and hesitations away, and I've been soaked in the oil, which makes it so easy to move so quickly and so fluidly with him, and then I'm combustible and he can hit me with the fire, and I burn hotter and brighter for him. Wow. And then he said, and now let me come as a wind. Invite me to come as a mighty wind. I said, I invite you to come as a mighty wind. And again, all of the, oh, can you feel that? I don't know what it is about the wind. Every time, I, the only three manifestations that I feel, even when I do it by faith, is as soon as I say the wind, I feel winds blowing. Thank you, Lord. So he said, Let, call in my wind. Let me marinate you and baptize you and saturate you in my wind. So I call him in as a mighty wind. And he said, the purpose of the wind is it breathes upon the fire and it makes it even hotter and it takes the fire you're burning with and makes it a wildfire and the wildfire will spread to the east and the west and the north and the south and it will spread you out and you will reach more people and you will reach more places. 
And I thought, whoa, this is part of how he's the way. Just simply allow him in his different manifestations. But what was cool is I saw the purposes. For the first time, I realized, and this is a duh, there's a real purpose and intention to every aspect of the Holy Spirit. And the more we receive it, the easier it is to do all the things we're talking about. And then, not by might, not by power, but by the Holy Spirit, it's easier to believe for the impossible because all the inhibitions and hesitations go away with the wine. And then with the oil, it's, it's easy to flow and move with him as he's showing you these things. It's like, yeah, let's go inhabit that realm in the natural or in the spirit. and Let's build it in the natural. And then that fire burns, and you're burning with even more faith. And you're burning with even more willingness to believe for the ridiculous. And then the wildfire comes, and it spreads you out. And I think that's the apostolic. It's as much the go ye as it is the build ye. Do you want it? All right, stand to your feet, and let me pray for you. We'll close. Lord, I want to thank you that we're in a season where you are looking for those who are willing to partner with you to do the impossible. And I thank you, God, that you've got a whole room full here and a whole online room full watching right now. And I want to thank you, Lord, that you have impossible things for each of them to partner with you. And Lord, that even right now, and I ask that you would take it even deeper and give an even more expanded and profound revelation that you gave to me. I release to them, and please unpack it and expand it even more for them. Let them get a double portion revelation, understanding, and experience that you are the way, the truth, and the one who will bring the impossible to life. And God, I thank you that even in that, you're not saying do it by your might, do it by your power, but you're going to grace them with visitations and fresh baptisms of the fullness of your Holy Spirit. And God, I ask even now that Holy Spirit, you would come and you would baptize your people, you would soak your people, you would marinate and saturate your people in your wine. And you would pour out your wine, the wine of the new covenant, the wine of your blood, the wine of heaven, and any inhibition, any hesitation to believe the ridiculously impossible would simply fall away. And their times with you would be filled with your wine, filled with your joy, and filled with the ability to not even hesitate or doubt in any way that you have prepared these places for them and you will come and you will bring them into it. And Lord, I thank you that now that you marinate them in your oil, Holy Spirit, and it's easy for them to move with you. It's easy for them to flow with you, especially in areas where maybe there has been blocks or it has been harder to believe and flow, that you would oil them so ridiculously. You would marinate and saturate and baptize them in your oil so completely that they'll be moving and flowing with you before they even know it. And Lord, now that they've been marinated in the wine and they've been marinated in the oil, they're combustible. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come as a fire and you would come upon them and marinate them and baptize them in your fire and set them ablaze and make them burn hotter and brighter with you and for you than ever before. To burn hotter and brighter with faith and zeal and hope and joy and expectation to burn hotter and brighter with the truth and reality that you are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life. And now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come as a mighty wind.
and you would do even more for them than you did for me that you would marinate them even more, baptize them even more, saturate them even more, breathe upon them <laughs> even more as a mighty wind, taking that fire and whipping it into a wildfire of faith, a wildfire of zeal, a wildfire of hope, a wildfire of expectation, a wildfire of your presence, your power, and your personality. And Lord, as you whip that into a wildfire, you send them out to the north, the south, the east, the west, in their prayer closets, in their callings, in all that they've been created for, that you would make them burn hot and bright and send them further and farther in faith and manifestation and the experience of you as the way, the truth, and the life than ever before. In Jesus' name we pray. And if you receive that, simply say, Amen. Ready for more? Go to roberthodgkin.com for more teachings, more resources, and more information about Robert Hodgkin Ministries and Men on the Front Lines.